What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 85 of Frameskip. I am Austin Eller, one of your co-hosts on this fine episode. I'm joined by my three pals in crime, starting off with the coach, Kyle Newman. How's it going, coach? What's up, bro? It's been a while. It has. We haven't been on the same show in a while. Yeah. I know. Real quick, have you seen Yellowstone yet? Dude, no, but my parents are obsessed with that show. Like everything in their house is Yellowstone related. Oh, good Lord, man. That that show is like, yeah, I can see how it is. I just started it uh, a couple days ago. It's like Dallas, but rated R. Almost, yeah. You're, it is. It does have that feel. <laughs> yeah. They have like Kevin blankets Costner. and like cups and like they every piece of wait really everything in their house. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. They they are, are like obsessed with that show. I don't so mean you, any disrespect to your parents, but that is just lame as hell. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say that, but then I turn around and I see 600 Monster Hunter figures in my living completely room. Completely different. It is completely <laughs> different. I agree. And a, completely. and a cat. Yeah, and a cat. Well, speaking of cats, we're also joined by the ladies' man, Elijah Steele, who has two cats himself. I do. What's up, Elijah? Uh, nothing too much. How about yourself? <laughs> Le- Leon's a jerk, and Wash is adorable. And those are my two cats. Perfectly. There you go. There you go. He's a cat man. Those beautiful tones brought to you by George... The animal still. Uh, where, where are we even at? Like, I think McCorkle. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stick with McCorkle because that's what M- Mac in Mac Jones is short for. It's short for McCorkle. Are you serious? Yeah. Doesn't that really just like take a big stock hit? Yeah. For for him. Yeah. That's kind of disappointing. Um, I'm really <laughs> glad he's going by Mac because he probably would have been drafted in the NFL. Just and first up, we have McCorkle Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a first round name. Sorry, guys. Well, that's, <laughs> it's like that's a that's a punter you take in the eleventh. Yeah, it's a unique name. I mean, that's for, for sure. sure. It's a uh, yeah, sorry. I want to introduce myself too as number one uh, crime pal. Because number one crime pal. pal? You okay. said your pals in crime, but I thought that yeah. was really cute. Yeah. Okay. Well, Seth is not here, so I guess he's my my pal in justice, and he's going to help me take down all the criminals because I'm a. I'm a double agent in this scenario. Oh, no. God. <laughs> Find out like this. Um, so we're we're coming together today, this group of special people, the four of us, to talk about probably what I would objectively say is potentially the biggest piece of gaming news in the past decade. I don't know. I, I might be stretching I a little so. too far with that, but I, I legitimately think this is the biggest piece of gaming news that is that has happened since i've been podcasting and yeah. that is microsoft getting ready to acquire activision blizzard of course it is not 100 percent um confirmed all the way through they are attempting to acquire them but it won't be set in stone for quite a while um but this this news dropped this morning it sounds like um june next year i guess is the expected yeah. time yeah, this is. We'll get to this kind of detail stuff in a in a in a minute here. But um, Wall Street Journal is reporting that that they will close by July 2023 is what they're yeah. attempting to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, we we all kind of woke up this morning to this news. This is, today is Tuesday when we're recording this, January 18th. Uh, dropped at about 8 a.m. Eastern time, and um, you know, Elijah, 
was the one that shared it with us. Um, at least that's how I found it. He shared it in, in our frame skip Slack, and and I saw it. And my jaw kind of just dropped. So, did you um, guys think it was fake when you first saw it? Yes, one hundred. I absolutely did. I'm like, oh, here's another one of those Microsoft is buying insert name here things. I saw it on Twitter first. I love you guys. I'm really sorry. I don't check Slack first when I wake up. That's fair. I I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> I had to double check my calendar to make sure it wasn't April 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask. And before we get super far into this, I mean, what were your immediate reactions? Like the second you read it, I'm not talking about the, you know, it's been 12 hours at this point. What, what did you think the second you saw this news? The second I saw it, my first thought, like you'd mentioned was, well, this is a joke, but I should say the second I realized it was real, my reaction was literally, you know, that gif of that character bubbles from Trailer Park Boys where he's just looking and blinking his eyes like <laughs> what? Yeah, that that yeah. was that was actual footage of me. Yeah, it's like. What? Coach, what, what did you think when you when you first found out again, not not talking about, you know, st- stewing on it throughout the day, but the, the second you read it, what it, what was going through your mind? I was excited because I know that there was going to be a million videos out there on YouTube making funny faces, meltdowns. The world's going to end. I'm scared. What's going to happen to gaming? I I, I couldn't wait for it, man. (laughs) I couldn't wait. This was like, okay, good. This is going to be comedy hour here pretty soon. So. In the next 48 hours, there's going to be a lot of stuff. That's Yeah. We're one of those videos now. <gasps> we are. We are. This is very meta. You could say we're yeah. in the metaverse. Yeah, but we're not, we're not like overreacting and dramatizing no. this. But coach, por qué? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for me, I, I mean, honestly, I read it and it was just pure shock. I mean, I sat there and I was like, I mean, there's no, there's no way this is real. Um, I think that's the thing is like Blizzard for some reason when or rather uh, Bethesda when they announced that acquisition I wasn't too surprised by that I mean it was a huge piece of news and it was shocking still but this was like on a whole different level I mean this was like oh yeah America ceased to exist today like it's like that level of news to me it's just a something I didn't see coming I disagree I think really? what was really shocking about the Bethesda thing was that like that that filled a hole, right, in Microsoft's like portfolio, like in terms of like RPGs. Like Microsoft is awesome. They do so much so well. They just don't have that arrow in their quiver, right? You know, you say that, but but they do have they're making Fable, they have Avowed coming from Obsidian. Yeah. So they're they were getting that under their belt to begin with. They were. That's that's newish stuff though, right? Because like one the last Fable game was the eight years ago seemed like a dead franchise until like that teaser thing came out obsidian granted yes they absolutely do so it seemed a little redundant because they do have obsidian and obsidian and uh bethesda seem to operate in a lot of similar spaces but like what really blew my mind was that they acquired bethesda for what seven billion dollars and that just seemed like an ungodly amount of money i just recorded an episode of shortbox summary and Tony Stark says that his Iron Man armor cost him $7 billion. And it's just like, oh, wow, that is like a grotesque amount of money. And then today they announced taking or not taking over, but purchasing Activision Blizzard for $68 billion for $68 billion. I did research. You guys, 
The GDP of Pakistan is $65 billion. The GDP of the Czech Republic is $70.1 billion. So Microsoft, in a cash offer to acquire Activision Blizzard, would be the 42nd highest gross domestic product in the world. Like That's like top 25% of all the countries in the world. That's what they're spending to acquire this publisher. That is absolutely insane. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and just to kind of put it into context, as far as acquisitions go, the the most recent one that came to mind for me, and I did some research as well prior to this, is when Disney purchased Fox three years ago, they spent about $71 So that puts into context, you know, a couple billion less, but Activision and Fox the entirety of Fox were worth about the same in, in as far as acquisitions go. Which blows my mind. I think Fox is so much more valuable than Activision. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff attached to that. Like I heard someone say like Candy Crush. Yep. Yeah, they own Candy. And that's, that's over a billion dollar, that's worth yep. over a billion dollar, right? You know, in the, you know, uh, property right there. So In 70 years, it'll pay off for Microsoft. Let me kind of run you guys through some of the, the details that we know. And again, at, at the time of recording this, we're, we are 12 hours removed from the announcement. And so episodes of the show post a few days after recording. And so things might kind of change as we go on. But just know that this is, this is what we're going off of so far. Um, yeah, so $68.7 billion is, is kind of the agreed upon number. There's a little bit of... of um, I guess differences as far as journalists go, but that seems to be the the most agreed upon number. If approved, this would make Microsoft the world's third largest gaming company by revenue behind Tencent and Sony, and Nintendo would now be number four. So this basically puts them in front of Nintendo, which is interesting. Um, I kind of would have figured they were ahead of them prior, but here we are. Kind of an interesting thing, you know, this is all coming at a, at a unique time for Activision and Blizzard, you know, this past year, we had some some fun, and I say fun very sarcastically and, and very unfortunately, content surrounding Activision and Blizzard um, with misconduct and, and sexual allegations and um, harassment claims. Of course, Bobby Kotick, he's the, the CEO of Activision. He's, he's been there for a long time. There was kind of some discourse about this today, but it sounds like he's probably going to be leaving after the deal closes. You know, he originally came out and said he would be there for wherever ready, but it sounds like he's actually going to be stepping down. Yeah, man. And, if you're the CEO of a company that was just acquired for six to eight billion dollars right. and everyone in the world hates you, yeah, I'd probably retire right. too. Yeah. Right. And the and, thing and is, just, though, and I don't okay. want to harp on this very long yeah. because it's not about that, but you know he is going to get a severance package. Oh yeah. He's gonna leave with so much cash. And especially with it not going effect until 20 or 2023 go through 2022 and what was it i heard today he made like 150 million this year or in 2021 so yeah that's well it's not gonna be 150 million but maybe 140 we'll see yeah can't can't afford those qa testers in uh in minnesota but yeah this is no problem at all whatsoever yeah I, the the last thing I'll kind of say about Kotick, and because I do think it's important to kind of know this and hear this um, specific quote that Phil Spencer had a few months ago, but you know there was all this discourse about Kotick and how he potentially knew about some of the allegations and even tried to do stuff to cover them up. 
Um, there's a lawsuit underway now in California trying to kind of figure that out and determine if any of that stuff is accurate and, and figure out where to go with, with the company as a whole. Um, but something interesting, this happened in November, that, that Wall Street Journal report came out about Kotick and his direct involvement, potentially. Uh, Phil Spencer sent a memo out to employees of Microsoft Xbox saying that they were evaluating all aspects of our relationship with Activision Blizzard, <laughs> which uh, I just think is a, a fantastic quote to look back at now because it's like, well, no, they were actually going to buy them. So <laughs> we're evaluating all aspects of our relationship. <laughs> Like evaluating owning them. Yes. Think of the importance of Phil Spencer, yep. right? He came in when the Xbox One was just, it was sputtering on takeoff, right? It was just right. not running. People were unhappy. And then he slowly, well, quickly, I mean, within six months, he pulled uh, the, um, the, whatchamacallit, pulled it Connect. off of the, Connect. Yeah, the connect, right? Yeah. And, and it was $100 cheaper. So he's done so much for that organization or for just Xbox alone. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. And he's interesting. You know, one thing that kind of popped up today is he has a new title. He's now the CEO of Microsoft Gaming. And he used to be the, the head of Xbox was his previous title. Kind of, kind of going through some of the previous acquisitions by Microsoft. They're just by value. They're they're aside from this acquisition, their their highest valued acquisition was LinkedIn in 2016. It was 26 billion dollars. Uh, under that was Nuance. It's kind of a healthcare and AI software that they bought last year for 16 billion dollars. And then Skype, 8.5 billion. And directly below that was Zenimax, of course, being Bethesda at 8.1 million. So oh man, but um, that uh, but that Skype purchase feels like a yikes. waste of money now, right? Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. least once a week, I remember Skype exists, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and then forget yeah. again, like, later that day. It's just funny, because, like, I still say, like, oh, you guys want to Skype later? Like, it's like a verb, <laughs> because, like, I was, like, we. I remember using Skype in college. It was, like, yep. the greatest thing ever. It was, like, actually, oh, yeah. felt like I was in Star Trek or something, you know? Yep. And so I still do it the way parents are, like, oh, are you playing Nintendo tonight? You know? <laughs> it's like, it's a PlayStation 2, Mom. God. Uh, that's, how we, that's how we contacted family when we were deployed. Yeah. Skype and the early days of Skype and uh, um, FaceTime. Yeah. Yep. That, that's how we had people on on the, what was it, 100th or 200th episode of uh, Retro okay. Modern Network. I got some more numbers for you guys. Yeah. Coach, you ready? Go ahead. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys were purchased by Jerry Jones for $140 million. They are oh, now my worth, God. <laughs> they are now worth $6.5 billion. You could purchase 10 Cowboys. It's better than that. The average <laughs> value of an NFL team is $3.48 billion. That means Microsoft, instead of purchasing Activision, could have owned two-thirds of the league, the entire NFL. Or if they just threw in another $40 billion, what's that between friends? They could have acquired the entire NFL for $111 billion. That that's insane. Like that yeah. is absolutely insane. Why are why are people not freaking out about this? Companies have too much power. We need and to money. do something. <laughs> God. Well, that no, that's fascinating, George. I had no idea that was how money worked in the NFL, honestly. And to think how Microsoft started with Bill Gates just doing some code. To run on a computer, right? Yeah. 
And yeah. it's hard to think he just like stole all of his stuff from from Xerox. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Uh, so Microsoft has had 270 acquisitions since 1987, according to their Wikipedia page. And that does not include stakes it's placed in companies and also does not take into account uh, dozens of divestitures, like them selling off parts of their company. So this is number 270, their biggest one ever. And it's just insane. Austin, I have a list of licenses and properties that Microsoft now owns. I'm not going to read all of them because there's some like Interstate 76, Geometry Wars. You know, it's just like games that like, okay, like I'm sure some people are really excited. Oh, Singularity. That was one game that came out one time 12 years ago. Like, I'm sure some people care about that stuff. But like, let's be real. There's some heavy hitters. Call of Duty, Candy Crush, Crash Bandicoot, Diablo, Guitar Hero slash DJ Hero, Hearthstone. Overwatch, Skylanders, Spire of the Dragon, Starcraft, Tony Wa- uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, World of Warcraft. You know, I think that obviously the big thing here is Call of Duty. Okay. I, I think that that's obviously the big thing. You know, they, Warzone is still just immensely popular. Call of Duty games are still year over year, typically the highest selling game of the year. You know, you look at seventy billion dollars and think, man, that's nuts. But just knowing the success of of Call of Duty and of Candy Crush. Seriously, I mean, we don't think about it much as the people that are the hardcore console PC type gamers, but um, Candy Crush still makes a lot of money. A lot of money. So, yeah, I mean, those are are huge. I, I just think the hilarious thing to me, honestly, is that we've gone from Spyro and Crash being Activision games now to being technically Microsoft properties. When they started off as PlayStation titles, I think that's just a hilarious kind of long term change on on that those two franchises parts. Yeah. Well, let, let me get your take, Austin, real quick. Let's say you're in you're you're in Phil Spencer's shoes. Okay. Now you know that in the next couple of years you don't you're you're not really going to do anything with Call of Duty, but in five years, what would you want to do differently with Call of Duty? Yeah, honestly, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, I kind of dropped off Call of Duty for a while there. Um, I haven't really played the last probably four or five years. I don't know. I mean, George, Elijah, you you guys may have more to, to say because I know you've played kind of some of the more recent ones. But I mean, honestly, it seems like they're doing pretty well. Uh, Warzone wise, at least, it sounds like they're doing very, very, very well right now. And and honestly, I don't know that they need to change anything. Here, Here's what I was thinking is just, I wouldn't change anything because while what the core of what Call of Duty does and how it makes money may not speak to us, it obviously speaks to a ton of people. And even for uh, Black Ops Cold War and Vanguard being like not as popular parts of the series, they were the top two selling games of 2021. So like, why should they change anything? Everything's going great. They're making a ton of money, selling a ton of copies, and for what it's worth, people like the games. So Cold War's multiplayer sucked. Vanguard's multiplayer is awesome. Uh, I didn't play a lot of Modern Warfare's multiplayer. Fabio did, co-host of uh, my comic show. He was absolutely in love with that multiplayer for for Modern Warfare. He thinks that it's like the the modern peak, the the recent peak. And he says Vanguard is really close, but Modern Warfare still edges it out. So, like, 
I, I don't I don't exactly know if I would really make changes because it's going good. Yeah, I mean, I think the big question, and I'll just go on and, and do this now. I guess I was going to wait till later. But the, the big question, obviously, with all this is exclusivity. So you could obviously bring that into to the conversation with um, with Call of Duty specifically. And um, this was a quote from. Let's see, this was a quote that Phil Spencer gave Bloomberg today, and he, he basically just said this was his quote. He said, I'll just say to players out there who are playing Activision Blizzard games on Sony's platform, it's not our intent to pull communities away from that platform, and we remain committed to that. So. And there's been a few reports about exclusivity. Obviously, again, we are 12 hours out. I think it's going to be a while before we know the full details. Um, I've seen a few reports, and you guys probably have too, that have said that there's going to be some exclusive content, but maybe not maybe not exclusive games. Yeah, it took a year for them to finally say that Elder Scrolls Six probably not coming to PlayStation. So we'll get yeah. at least a year before we find out yeah. that yeah, uh, yeah. Call of Duty is yeah. not coming to PlayStation. Yeah. So kind of interesting. I you know. I don't know that I just can't see them making Call of Duty Xbox exclusive. I, I do not think that's going to happen with it being the best selling game out there. Um, it just doesn't really make sense. I think it will happen because how many people buy consoles for Call of Duty and FIFA? Now, imagine all those people who, oh, the new Call of Duty is only on Xbox. I guess that's the console we're buying. I don't think it's going to happen yet. It's going to be a couple of years, uh, partly because there might even be like behind the scenes agreements in place with upcoming games or that. But it's going to happen. It's going to be exclusive. You just paid $70 billion. You're going to get people to buy your consoles or subscribe to your Game Pass and buy games for your console, giving you that gaming money. Yeah, but also, like, they bought Activision Blizzard for $70 billion because of the money Activision Blizzard makes, right? They make roughly $2 billion a year, according to half-assed internet research I've done. And their operating costs are about $860 million. So that gives them roughly, like, $1.5 billion a year in profit, right? That's $1.5 billion a year in profit because they are everywhere, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, if you all of a sudden just become exclusively available... I don't know, man. Like, there's been situations where, like, my grocery store stopped selling certain items. I didn't start going to a new grocery store. You know, like, there, there's just, like, some things. I'm like, well, I'm not going to change my habit that much. Yes. But also, for those people who decide, oh, you know what? We are going to buy an Xbox this time because of Game Pass having all of the Activision Blizzard games. Or, you know, Xbox has the exclusive Call of Duty oh, let's see what other games we can buy on this. It'll be a slope of not just that game, but then you're getting all these people to buy other games on that console, which will be spending more and more money. And the more people that do that, the more money will be spent, and it'll just be growing. Yeah, I don't don't think it's going to be particularly soon. I think it's going to happen with, like, silos, right? Where, like, maybe the zombie mode is only available on Xbox. You know, like something like that. Maybe I, I doubt like Warzone because it's already free to play. But like all these games, like I honestly think the biggest reason they made this purchase was for PC. Like I think it was the World of Warcraft. I think it was Diablo. I think it was 
all this stuff that all of a sudden just brings so much more value to PC Game Pass. Console Game Pass. I don't know. Like, I just I see, honestly, like a lot of redundancies between this and Halo, because like the biggest competitor to Call of Duty was Halo. And like Halo came out free to play on on Game Pass and Warzone's already free to play. And so, like, obviously they can double dip because like who wouldn't love to double dip? But again, like there's just so much redundancy that like. I don't know, I think by doing this, like they could slightly take over PlayStation, not like I, I don't mean like an acquisition, but I'm just saying like if you're playing PlayStation, and you see a Microsoft like Studios logo on your game like. I don't know, like that seems like a huge just like swing, you know, like that, that seems like a really big deal. And so I don't think it'll be the game, but like maybe the campaign is exclusive to to Game Pass, maybe whatever. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be the entirety of the Call of Duty franchise, but I do think some things are going to start being siloed in the next five years, probably. So there are a couple things I think about this that are really, really good. One of them is for everything that is going on inside that company. I have a feeling Xbox is going to not let that stand, which means it'll become a better workplace. The teams that I want to support because I know they're good people, I'll feel better about supporting now. Um, And hopefully a lot of that like bro frat work culture is gone. That's a great thing. I think it has already been gone. It just has come out recently what has been happening. I think, I mean, you still have your, your, your sick people that work there, right? That get off on that. But I don't think it is, I, I don't think it's as intense. I mean, we don't know. We don't know anything because we're on the outside looking in. But if it was still like that, when they did their walkout, they would have never come back. They'll be like, I'm out of here. They haven't yet. They were still walked out as of today. Like, that's why people have been reporting that Warzone is a buggy mess. Because all those people still haven't come back. Uh, But another thing that I think will be good, all those studios that they decided, you know what? We're going to have you help with Call of Duty. Like, Beanox, Toys for Bob, High Moon Studios. They might not have to do that anymore. They might now have the chance to actually make their own games again. Oh Which my god! Awesome. Never, never soft. Come back, never soft. We miss you. Yeah. yeah. By the way, just quickly, I'm going to read off the the list of of um, teams that they acquired through this acquisition, just so that we can kind of wrap up on the facts and continue with that point. But um, Activision Publishing, obviously, they acquired, which is not not necessarily a development team, but that's a huge deal as well. Um, they did publish like Sekiro a few years ago, so they they've done quite a quite a few things. Blizzard, of course, Beanox, Demonware, Digital Legends, High Moon Studios, Infinity Ward, King, Major League Gaming, Radical Entertainment, Raven Software, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, Treyarch. So, yeah. a lot. Oh, anyway. Man. Really selfishly, this is a problem for me, because you guys know I love trophies. A couple years ago, Activision jumped on the bandwagon, the Marvel bandwagon, and released Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 on PlayStation 4 and Xbox. And, uh, man, I was really hoping they'd uh, release X-Men Legends 1 and 2 on PlayStation. Let me get some of those trophies. Never going to happen now. Never, ever in a billion years going to happen now. So that sucks. Uh, you listed those teams. November 6, 2014, Microsoft acquires Mojang, famously for a billion dollars. October 2nd, 2015, uh, they acquire Havoc, the video game engine, the physics engine. 
On June 11th, 2018, they announced acquiring Ninja Theory, Undead Labs, Compulsion Games, Playground Games. Uh, later in 2018, they got In Exile Entertainment. Later in, or yeah, also that same day, they announced uh, acquiring Obsidian Entertainment. The next year, 2019, Double Fine Productions. 2020, Zenimax Media. And uh, today, January 18th, as we record Activision Blizzard. That's insane. And honestly, it's like kind of terrifying for like the dumbest reason where like I'm going to speak to a very small group of people right now, mostly Elijah. Elijah, you know, when you're drafting in fantasy football and you Mm -hmm. think you have time to get the players you want and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden someone takes a quarterback. Yep. And then you're like, oh, crap, someone just took Pat Mahomes already. But like there's still some running backs on the on the board. And then everyone goes into a buying frenzy and then they start getting quarterbacks. And then all of a sudden it gets to you, the eighth pick in the draft. And there's like no good quarterbacks left for you to take. Mm-hmm. Do, I, do you think Sony feels like that right now? Yes. Now that that's one of the reasons I think this is a bad thing. First off, I don't like how Microsoft's whole strategy is. You know, I don't mind. You know, you you buy the occasional developer. It happens. It's fine. Microsoft is buying full publishers, and they now have thirty studios under their wing. That's ridiculous when, like, as of three years ago, they had, like, seven. These are major third-party publishers that now their their future games are being wiped out across the board on, on anything that's not Xbox or PC. And one thing I'm worried about is, if I were Sony, I'd be like, we have to start doing this, too, before we can't get any. Or, like... We can't get any specifically. We can't get any games because Microsoft is buying all these studios and they're buying the big ones. I'm afraid this is going to be like a Cold War, like arms race. At this yeah, point. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's what, exactly what I was about to say. Same. Like, I'm really right. concerned that Sony's going to start doing the same thing and then it's going to get even worse. Like it is it is not going to. I pulled I pulled more numbers because everyone loves yes, numbers. <laughs> I literally <laughs> do. So, yeah. All right. So here's why I think Microsoft. They know what they're doing. They're so much smarter than me. Look at them. They're so much they're so much more successful than me. Look at me. I'm in two different types of flannel recording a podcast in a negative 10 degree night in Maine. Like, I'm dumb. Don't be like me. That said, I think they might have overpaid <laughs> for, for Activision. Because here's some numbers. Ubisoft's valuation, 7.1 billion. EA, 38.5. Take two, 18 billion. Nintendo, 60 billion. And you're like, okay, those are like some some big sizable numbers. Let's keep going, right? Capcom, 4.8 billion. Sega Sammy, the parent company to Sega, 3.7 billion. Namco Bandai, 16.79. Square Enix, 6.23. So those last four I listed, a total of $31.52 billion, which is less than half of Activision Blizzard. What's the one market Microsoft has never been able to penetrate? Japan. They could have owned Japan for less than half of what they spent on Activision Blizzard. Now, obviously, they, they know what they're doing. They're going to make all their money back, I assume, and just do really well. Because, like I said, they're so much smarter than me. But, man, it, it again, I hate to bring it back to fantasy football, but it feels like an auction draft. It's like, do you really want Jonathan Taylor for $55? Or do you want Devin Singletary for 8 And, like, playoff Jarek McKinnon for 4 Like, Like, that's a yeah. better value, you know? Yeah. Oh, God, it's just insane. But no, like like you said, I'm 
I'm worried it'll become an arms race. And like, I can't blame Sony. I can't blame them. If Microsoft's going to do this, we have to do what we can to like keep going. And I don't like where this is headed. It's it's a slippery slope. I don't think Sony's going to do anything. I don't think they are either. I don't think they are either. I, I, I wouldn't blame them if they did, but I don't think they are. Because one of the things that I like where with what Sony does to get studios, they've either bought port studios that are specifically to help with games, or they've bought studios that they have worked closely with for a while. And Nintendo does the same thing. Yeah, they didn't own Insomniac when Insomniac was pumping out uh, Sly Cooper stuff, right? Or not Sly uh, Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, no. No, they didn't buy them until, what, three or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And Housemark, you know, Housemark has made one multi-platform game in the past 20 years. The rest have all been PlayStation exclusives. So, like, that is a team they have worked closely with. Nintendo bought Mercury Steam a studio they have worked closely with microsoft just decided we can't make them ourselves so let's get people to we'll buy the people that can it's like the yankees like it's like how they always go over the luxury tax that's why people hate the yankees everyone loved the warriors when it was like clay and steph and iggy and dre like when it was like people they like drafted or like a couple like i think dre was on someone else but he was like a free agent signing but he was just like the one free agent signing, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, when did everyone hate the Warriors? When they signed Kevin Durant because the cap went up. Like, that's when everyone turned, where it's just like, oh, you're just assembling another super team. Whereas before, it was like a homegrown thing, which I think is exactly how everyone feels about, like, this Microsoft situation, where, like, they didn't just, like, buy themselves a seat at the table with all these acquisitions. They just bought the entire the goddamn restaurant that the table's in. Like, that's... That's the problem. I think that's like the the negative response. And like, I don't care. I don't care. I like trophies more than achievements. That's pretty much it. That's like my really big like defining grace when it comes to games. I think I might even like a lot of Microsoft titles more than PlayStation titles at this point. Like, I don't know. So I, I've got no real dog in this fight, except I like trophies more than Chivas. But like, man, it is just corporate consolidation scares me. It annoys me. And I think it just makes things so much less interesting. Like, I didn't want Disney to buy Marvel. I didn't want Disney to buy Star Wars. I think it's so much more interesting to have Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars and to have three things that are actually the same thing. Like, I think the world is much more interesting, much cooler. And there's just way more opportunities to do cool things when it's not, like, in one entity's corporate interest and that's like the mandate that goes through the entire company. Like, I think that's gross. And again, $68 billion in change. That is so much money. That is so gross an amount of money. It's unfathomable. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And also, it was a waste of money. They should have bought Sega. They should have bought Capcom. They should have bought Square Enix. I think for me... At the end of the day, doesn't matter because we're still going to have a boatload of games to play. Yeah. We're going to have too many games that we have time yeah. for, except for Elijah, right? <laughs> what, what, are you, what, what number are you 52. on? <laughs> three. I'm on three. Okay. Ooh, that's that's good. awesome. You're on week three, so that's good. I'm, I'm doing one a week. But here's the thing with with you got to remember like i get it you you think of microsoft as this corporate just you know buying everything 
What has Phil Spencer done this whole time? He's trying to get the games out to everybody, right? That's why they started the Game Pass. So we don't know what they have in store in the future in the next five to 10 years so that everybody's going to have a chance to play these games, whether it's on an Xbox console, on a PC, on your laptop. They're going to make sure everybody has a chance to play these games, right? They're, they're, still, they're in the business to make money, so they want as many people as possible to play these games. And that's one thing where it's nice that be, between either of the companies buying the, the studios that Xbox did is because now if someone wants, they can buy a PS5 and subscribe to Game Pass because in time, I'm sure there will be like Game Pass apps on TVs so you can get both worlds. That's what I was thinking earlier today, too. I I think that's one of the reasons where this big acquisition comes in also is, and that's another reason why I think Call of Duty is going to go exclusive, because then it's, even if they don't buy uh, an Xbox console, well, they now have a Game Pass subscriber for life for someone who only plays Call of Duty. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. You had mentioned this earlier, Elijah, about them, you know, potentially doing these games exclusive to xbox to try and sell the systems i was thinking of it more and you guys just just kind of touched on it but i was thinking it more so that they're not really focused on selling systems i think they're focused on selling game pass specifically um and and x cloud and and cloud streaming i think this is kind of a move that they're and again this is just my opinion but i think they're trying to set themselves up for success when it comes to streaming in the future because if you have all these companies, you get all these games on, you know, this $20 a month service that anybody can play on their smart TV or smartphone or whatever it is. I think that's what they're really going for here. I, I don't think it's to sell systems. I, um, uh, again, I do think it's possible they're going to take these games exclusive. I'm not positive on that, though. I'm, I'm not quite fully convinced that, that everything is going to be exclusive. It'll be just kind of a wait and see, though. Here's something to think of as well a copy of call of duty we'll say it's 60 bucks i know like the next gen version is 70 yeah. whatever. we'll say yeah. 60 somebody imagine somebody subscribes to game pass ultimate for a year that's yeah. 180 bucks now imagine that is one of those people that got game pass to play call of duty so now for a year for people that play it like hardcore they just paid three times how much the game was yeah no, I mean, that's a good point. That and, is a good point. And they don't see it up front because they just see it as, oh, it's 15 bucks for the month. And, you know, there are other stuff there I can try if I want and then never do. I've had Game Pass Ultimate for a while and I've used it for two games in the past, like, six months. Yeah, I basically just pay a year-long subscription to Netflix so I don't have to, like, buy my Seinfeld DVDs at this point. Like, that's that's what it is, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's the it's the convenience of this thing. Yep. And there is a way to mitigate this thing. And uh, I bought those Seinfeld DVDs eight years ago, seven years ago. Watched them exactly twice before I discovered Seinfeld was on Hulu. And I was already paying for Hulu. So I was like, this is awesome. And I've already got Netflix and now they're on Netflix. And now it's pretty much all I watch on Netflix. Like when I'm trying to fall asleep, I'll just throw on Seinfeld. Isn't that like, awesome? Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. But it's also like, man, I already I own these DVDs. This is all I watch on Netflix. Why do I pay for Netflix? But I'm not going to cancel because I'm a I'm a little piece of crap. I'm a little sad boy, and I'm not going to do anything about it. That that's exactly why. Like when I get the Office, I'm not going to get the DVDs. I'm going to like get them on Vudu. That way, 
I can just watch them where I'm wherever I'm at, like on my computer, on the TV downstairs, on my phone, whatever. I can watch them whenever, wherever, and I don't. I'm not like paying for that service to watch them. I just have them. Yeah, that's what we did. We we have it on on Vudu as well. So we we do not have a Peacock subscription. Peacock's good though. I I will say this: Peacock has a lot of good stuff. Yeah, Peacock is good because I got it just so I could watch the uh, Tour de France this summer. And uh, when I saw what they have and what they've been adding on to it, there's a lot of good stuff. Like I just found. I, I know we're off topic, but old school Miami Vice, man. <laughs> old school Miami Vice. Hey, coach, if you want. I have like four copies of the like 2004 Miami Vice film on HD DVD right out there. Good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to send me one of those, bud. I do need to still. Yeah. You know, I also, you know, I love Michael. You know, I love Michael Mann. Do you, do you want a copy of 300 also? I think I have a couple of them. Kind I know of, I have yeah, at least no. one, but yeah, I'll take a look. Uh, yeah, I'm going to sub back for Peacock because I want to watch every possible Winter Olympic event that I can. Uh, but no, I, I yeah, it's it's just frustrating. We're like, it, it's getting to the point where I think, like I mentioned earlier, corporate consolidation scares me. I think it's like genuinely terrifying because it's like, oh, Apple, like what a success story. It's like, yeah, they're also like a trillion dollar company. Like, that's disgusting. Like, it's it's gross how much money these people make. And like, on one hand, it's like, oh, well, they earned it. It's like, yeah, I guess I guess they earned it. You know, but it's it doesn't make it any less gross when you hear numbers like this. And I'm sitting there at the grocery store. I'm like, oh, crap. Milk is five sixty eight a gallon. Like, that's a lot of money. But at least Apple is worth a trillion. Like, what is that? Like, I don't care. That doesn't do anything for me, you know, and it's just like, oh, man. Can't find any green onions in stock anywhere and because they're so pricey this time of year and they just sell out immediately. But at least Microsoft spent $68 billion acquiring Activision. Like, it's just like one of those things where it's like such like an abstract problem. I like barely know how to process it. And I think I saw a thing that like the price that they paid for Activision Blizzard would solve U.S. hunger for like two or three years. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, this is a good transition point because the, the last thing I wanted to ask, the last kind of specific question I wanted to ask you guys, and I'm certainly not a, a lawyer or like legal analyst, so I don't have like a a great answer for this question. But do you think this will get past antitrust laws? Do you think that this will be approved? Yes. So here's the one thing, and I, I can't even say I looked it up. I heard somebody talk about it in a podcast earlier. You know, Activision Blizzard, huge in that. But also, George started mentioning all these other publishers. So, like, it's not like this puts that major of a dent into the industry. I'd say it more indicates a potential future and that slippery slope I mentioned. More than its effect right now, it's showing the possible effects in the future and a pattern. So I think no, I, this, this will go past easily. Yeah. No, I think you're 100% right. And and again, one of the statistics I had mentioned earlier was that this would still put them behind Tencent and Sony as far as market revenue goes. And so that to me is like, well, yeah, this is a major acquisition, but like there's still, like you said, Elijah, I think there's some stuff in the works for the future that is is more more hazardous than this specific acquisition right now in 2022. Just and also to be on the record, we 
are pretty consistent in our feelings about this. Like we said the same thing when Tencent started acquiring all these Correct. companies or like acquiring yes. like large stakes in all these companies. Uh, we're now on the record of saying that like Disney having Star Wars and, and Marvel is like questionable at best. Uh, then you add in Fox and it's just like even more questionable, if not just like outright wrong tone, all these properties. Like we're, we're very consistent in that. Like we don't think anyone should have this much power except coach. I think coach is cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just did that episode a few weeks about weeks ago about um, Embracer group buying, buying dark yeah. horse. And I mean, I think we, that whole episode was, Kind of not to be fair, kind of a rehash of what we've talked about tonight. Just we have a pointed pointed objective with this one again is, you know, we were talking about just how concerning it is to to see corporate consolidation on this scale. I think it's um, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, I I, I um, I'm still shocked. Like I've been thinking about it the whole day. I, I haven't stopped thinking about it. Just how nuts this is um and that it's real the the thing that scares me the most is you know all day i've been i've been seeing jokes of you know on twitter people do polls who do you think xbox should buy next and the fact is that like it scares me that there is more possibility of that than ever before because before it was just oh they bought bethesda that's crazy (laughs) haha they're not gonna do that again oh they are and now it's like who do you think will buy next? I'm like, I'm scared at how much it could be any of these. Dallas Cowboys, buy the Dallas Cowboys. Remove Jerry Jones from the decision making process. Um, Nintendo owned what was was it the Mariners or something? They owned some. Yeah, they had, a, they had a stake in the Seattle Mariners. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So you never know. <laughs> that was so. That was so cool. That was so cool seeing the Nintendo logo right behind the batter's box. That was awesome. <laughs> the reason why. I'm not scared or concerned or anything like that because that's high level. We're going to still be able to play the games that we always been playing. Nothing's going to change on our end. You know, um, the only thing that maybe changes, you know, maybe we'll play on. um, Well, I mean, we have both systems, so we're all good. Right. So in the end, the people that want to play Call of Duty are going to play Call of Duty. The people that want to play FIFA, they're going to play FIFA. I mean, like, it's it's above our heads and it's a whole different stratosphere what's going on, you know? Yeah, it's just, again, like it is kind of concerning. And it, it I, I think what's like really concerning is like this is now like one fewer thing for someone to publish or sorry, for someone to purchase, you know, where like it really is getting to the point where it's like you're going to be owned I'm speaking like hyperbolically, of course, but like you're going to be owned by Microsoft, you're going to be owned by Sony, you're going to be owned by Nintendo, or you're just not going to matter as much, you know? And like, obviously there's going to be like big breakthrough indie games like Loop Hero and Inscription. And like, those are going to still come out because humans are too creative to not create something that pushes through every possible ob- like uh, obstacle that billion dollar corporations can push out. But it's just weird to me, man. Like, it's weird that Activision Blizzard is now a Microsoft property. Like, it, I'm I'm struggling to think. The closest I've ever felt to this was like, you remember the day you woke up and you found out about Kind of Funny? Like, Greg, Colin, Tim, and Nick announced that they were leaving IGN, and that it was just like, oh, all of a sudden, like they're just not IGN anymore. And those guys were like the identity of IGN for like the year and a half 
plus before that announcement where it just like you wake up and you're just like, oh, this was like a seismic paradigm shift in the way my daily life operates. And I'm sure this will be less of a, a, a shift than that was, you know, where it's just like, oh, IGN became so much less valuable to me as soon as they left, you know. But like, it just feels like that where it's just like, oh, like things are just not going to be the same. And that's coach, you're 100 percent right. That's not necessarily a bad thing at all. You know, like we have no reason to think it's going to be a bad thing. Optically, I think we're used to just assuming the worst, especially given the past two years living in a pandemic where it's just like thing we just in disbelief that things could ever possibly improve. I don't know how you guys feel. That's kind of how I feel personally, where you're shocked when there's anything even remotely good happening. And uh, just a little numb to just everything terrible happening. Like, oh, Omicron hasn't even hit its peak yet. It's like, how is that possible? Because I've been hearing about it for two months now. But whatever, it's fine. I'll wake up tomorrow, maybe. And it's just like, at this point, it's like, what's going to happen next? Like, what's going to be the next shocking thing that happens? Because like, I was already shocked they bought Bethesda. That still blows my mind. Yeah. And again, it's just like having all these like independent artists out there. And then all of a sudden, like, you can't enjoy them unless you subscribe to like a certain thing and i have the series x so like this doesn't affect me but like it's just weird to me to see this like again like it's just i don't want to see the disney logo before i watch star wars you know like it's just things were i I feel like better when again and like more interesting things were better and more interesting when it just wasn't an issue when it was just like all these cool independent things were existing simultaneously and that's like the, the shock that i need to process to get over like information like this again it doesn't affect me i don't yeah i shouldn't care but it's just the corporate consolidation is what blows my mind and it's that's what i find terrifying right well that's the thing i mean we all have xbox systems we all have playstation systems and so and even me i mean i'm having this whole conversation with you guys i honestly i don't remember the last time i bought an activision or blizzard game like it's just i don't Again, I, I mentioned at the start of the show, I haven't bought a Call of Duty game since Infinite Warfare. So, really, you know, it really just good. doesn't yeah. it doesn't really affect me, but it still is concerning. But because you're right, George, I think we always do assume the worst. And again, like you said, I don't have a reason to necessarily expect the worst. I mean, I think they've done pretty well with Bethesda so far. I don't really have any complaints. Um, so we'll just see what happens. I think that's kind of my approach is a, a wait and see before before doom and gloom but coach you were about to say something what were yeah, you yeah so say? i mean just think about what they're doing with bethesda they haven't made any real major changes right starfield comes out right this year supposedly is that the name of the movie yep. or the movie the the game yeah. yes yeah but and it's multi-plat right it's not just on nope. xbox is exclusive it? to xbox it is yep okay well and like okay that's like the closest equivalent i can think of is like um let's say like a new kick-ass movie is coming out right and you're like oh i'm really excited to see that movie i'm gonna go to my local theater to see that and then they announce like no this movie's only showing in imax and like that's great that's fine if you live in like a city and you have access to an imax theater i live in on an island off the coast of maine the nearest imax theater for me is boston that's five hours away i'm not driving five hours to see a movie you know and like i guess it's just like that feeling where it's like nothing you you didn't do anything wrong personally you did absolutely nothing wrong if you're a kid and you say you want a playstation before you say you want an xbox and your parents are in the position to get you a playstation like you didn't do anything wrong but all of a sudden there's just like a lack of access to this one thing and you didn't do anything wrong you know like and that's like such a 
dramatized version of, of a problem. You know, like that's barely a problem, if at all. But it's, it's just such more than anything. Yeah, it's just such a weird situation that it just like didn't exist yesterday. Like, I, I guess it's like that shock, you know, where it's like the complete lack of access to this material that has been available for your entire life is just gone when it was there yesterday. And you're like, what has fundamentally changed in the last 24 hours? Because I didn't do anything. That's, I guess it, I think I'm trying to process like bigger feelings on, I, I guess like capitalism and I'm just using this as like a microcosm. So I'm really sorry for putting listeners through that, this episode, that sounds like a lot for you to process. Cause it's definitely a lot for me to process, but it's just, coming to grips with like how small you are compared to like a corporation is just like, it's such a humbling, weird experience. Well, the, the one thing I will ask, and this is just kind of a more philosophical question, I guess. And then we'll, we can wrap it up there. Elijah, you touched on it earlier. I mean, I think the reality is they're going to keep buying. They're kind of, they're going to keep buying publishers and developers. I don't I mean, know. Do you- when you make a big purchase, don't you like hold off for a couple of weeks? Like I just bought a $90 comic on, on eBay. I'm like, George, you got to pump the brakes a little bit. Like, I would say yeah. that George, but like you said, you gave us that rundown of the amount of studios they've purchased in the past five years. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I could see them buying something else in a year or a couple of years, three years. It's just uh, weird. Like, does does Sony have to respond? Cause like we're sitting here and we're talking about these two companies. Like they are at war. And in my head, I'm like, Sony's going to buy Square Enix now. Sony's just going to like do, do something like this. I'm like, why? Why would they possibly do that? And the only reason I can come up with is so Microsoft doesn't, which seems like a pretty valid reason right now, to be completely honest. They have no other reason. They have no other reasons. Square Enix, Capcom, Sega, it doesn't matter. They don't need to buy them. Except now Microsoft might. That's the only, like, it's such a perfect reason to do it. That's <gasps> That's what's scary. There's no need to do it, but if they were to, I would understand because it's a matter of if we don't, they could. And it doesn't need to be that way, but it is. I don't need to buy a turkey November 2nd, but they might be sold out when I'm actually ready to buy a turkey. So I'm just going to buy a turkey a month in advance before Thanksgiving because I don't want to be that guy caught with his pants down. Or toilet unable paper. to get a turkey or toilet paper or toilet paper. <laughs> Holy crap. Thank you. Making it relevant to the pandemic. Good God. Thank you. That is so much better than my stupid turkey analogy where it's just you buy it because, oh, my God, someone else is going to buy it. And then all of a sudden it's like, this is why we have a GD shortage of toilet paper. It's because every kid like you is thinking exactly like you. And it's just such a stupid problem to have. God. I'm all fired up. Sorry, I had a glass of cab salve. Elijah, now let's flip the roles. Let's say Sony bought everything Microsoft did. Would you be singing a different tune? Would nope. you be like, yeah, this is awesome? And No, because it isn't about which company did it. It's about the fact that it's happening. Just, I'm like, just checking, that's all. Yeah, no, it, it isn't about, like, I don't, like Austin said, I don't care about, like, any Activision games. I haven't played Call of Duty in a while. It's like these games don't interest me. So it's not like, yeah, we have these or anything. No, it's the fact that it's happening. It's the fact that these games should remain. They've been playable to everybody for so long, but now they're not going to be. Well, we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. No, we don't know that yet. And they said the same thing about Bethesda. And so far, every Bethesda game that's been announced is Xbox exclusive. (laughs) Yeah. 
Why wouldn't it be? They own it. Why wouldn't they do exactly. that? Exactly. And that's why I'm upset at Microsoft's buying decisions over Sony's or Nintendo's. Because Sony's and Nintendo's have been, these studios have worked with us. Microsoft's has been, we aren't can't make this stuff, so we'll buy everybody who, who does. And it's taking them from the other, like, these people have made games for everybody, and now all of a sudden it looks like they're going to be made for one group of people. And now the other two groups of people, please don't forget, uh, Blizzard games come out on Switch as well. Yeah, but people don't buy that. Like, yeah, I I know they have, but, you know, World of Warcraft is going to stay on PC, right? It might go to uh, the Series X, but it's going to stay on PC. Overwatch is still going to stay on PC. All these games that Blizzard has that has they're they're rooted in PC. They're not moving. They're still going to be. Oh yeah, no, they're they're staying on PC. Right. But again, this is bigger stuff for consoles and not PC because everything Xbox is going to be PC anyhow, which is right where the games those games have always been. There's literally no change there. This is all in every aspect for a console. Right. The only one I'm really that I'm interested in is what are they going to do with Call of Duty? That's the one that I want to see. Yeah. What what hand is is Microsoft going to play on this one? But again, I think with that they want as many people playing it as possible. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm torn. I could see it either way. I could see a reason for either way. I should say. For for me, the only thing is just like there's a free to play version of Call of Duty. You know, like there's Warzone, which is trying to get out to as many people as possible and so like that's like the one thing where i'm like it doesn't make sense like the numbers on like the numbers of activision blizzard's profitability only add up to what they are because they're available on pc because they're available on xbox because they're available on playstation and to a limited extent on switch so all of a sudden if you do this that cuts your bottom line right like that that just immediately cuts your 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 profit right especially like when you consider how much of the playstation 4 outsell xbox one right so like how many people were buying call of duty on playstation versus xbox like there was probably like a better ratio where they were selling like each xbox is probably closer to like one call of duty sold you know what i mean like um attach rate um where like it's probably like looks better there but like that i don't know if that makes up for the volume of playstation you know what i mean like and and so it's like, are they really just going to cut that money, like just to spite Sony, uh, essentially, right? And I'm like, I don't think they will. Like that doesn't like statistically that doesn't make sense numbers wise, financially that doesn't make sense. But then it's also like, doesn't make sense this year. But man, give a give a year, give two years, maybe it does make sense. And where were you guys? Okay, put your thinking caps on. Where were you guys when Nintendo bought or when uh, Microsoft bought Rare? Nintendo. Remember that? That was huge. I wasn't paying as close attention to like the games industry. So like at the time I didn't even know. Like I didn't really know who Rare was or anything like that. It wasn't until later that I started learning who the studios were and such. 
Coach, I was in first grade. I was in a first grade class. <laughs> I was 12. That was 2002. I was 12. Oh, yeah. I was totally 12, too, then. I had no... Yeah, yeah. I was 12. I was 31. I could barely pronounce some of the game names. I just wanted to kiss a girl, man. I didn't care about Rare. I didn't care. <laughs> I just wanted to kiss someone. <laughs> Well, you know what I care about is the Frame Skip podcast, which you are listening to. So thank you for listening to this wonderful episode. Of course, you can find us all online on the interwebs, except for Coach. He's not online. He's shaking his head no. He's shaking his head yes. Now he's shaking his head no. Elijah is at Local Lizard Man on Twitter. He's also on Twitch at Local Lizard Man. You can find him there. He streams very frequently, so go check him out there. George is on Twitter at PurpleBird616. That's also his Twitter account for his other comic book podcast called Shortbox Summary. Oh, my George, God. Please, there... please listen. You guys are appearing on an episode so soon. I got Elijah. Correct. I got Austin. We're talking about Young Avengers. Super exciting. You love the story. I'm writing the script so we can talk about issues 7 through 12 and the, the special. Are yeah. you guys reading it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't yep. wait. <laughs> so george uh go or george go find your show go find george's <laughs> show on uh all the the same podcast feeds you can find us on just shirt search short box summary i am on twitter at austin j eller and then seth is on twitter at uh seth the 90s kid of course you can also follow frame skip on twitter at frame skip pod we're also on instagram at frame skip pod and then facebook.com slash frame skip pod if you want to send us in some questions for the show, you can do so on any of those social media platforms, or you can find our question form at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash frameskipq. So go there and, and submit our questions. That's, that's also in the uh, description box down below in this episode. So thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this discussion on, on Activision and Blizzard and, and Microsoft and Tifa. And we'll uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>